G'day everyone, this is Rita Join, and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. Today is the last of the interviews that I'm going to put on for you from the Monetize Your Mission series that I did a couple of years back. And there were interviews with experts who had found what they were good at and turned that into a full-time profession. And the series was really geared towards the online space with a few people in the on offline space, but here's what's amazing about the interview today. Her name is Karina Essa. And she studied television production and after working for free in the industry and doing whatever she could to climb the corporate ladder, she realized that the industry was too unstable for future job opportunities. She was made redundant five times, hit rock bottom and decided to take generating an income in her own hands. And using Twitter within three weeks was able to generate and replace her full-time income. Twitter. She used Twitter and turned it into a social media company. She was able to push past her hurdles. She was able to do the one thing that she, everyone tries to do is to be, create her own economy. In other words, generate her own income on her own terms. And you're going to listen to how she did it, how she wanted to have this huge media career. She knew it wasn't going to fulfill her. And this is what she did to not only replace that profession and do what she loved, but also her income. So I hope you enjoy listening. Hey, 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 everyone. This is Rita Joy, and welcome to Monetize Your Passion. And today, guys, I've got a guest with me that I'm super excited to, to really highlight to you because I think you're going to, for those of you in the nine to five anyway, who've ever been redundant or have ever come out of a job that you did not like or you had to leave, my guest today is really going to speak to that journey that you are currently experiencing or that you're on at the moment. So, who I've got with me today, she's studied TV production and realized that, you know, it wasn't a very stable industry. And so after going through job after job, she was made redundant, wait for it, five times. Five times. If you've been redundant once, you know, you count yourself lucky. So my guest has been made redundant five times. And after having that journey happen to her, she said, you know, I've just got to take control. And the journey of the online build your business from anywhere started. And so she took to Twitter. She promoted a few products, and I'm going to ask her about that, which I'm really excited about. And then within three weeks, she was able to replace her full-time income. And now, of course, she owns a social media company and helps people do it all over the world. So, Karina Essa, welcome to Monetize Your Passion. Thanks, and thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. And here's the question, Karina. How did you get from studying TV production, and I know it was like it was a horrible journey because you know, the redundancies and all that, so going on to Twitter, what's the connection there? How did that happen? No connection really, at least not a connection I wanted at the time. Um, so my dream as a teenager was to become a TV producer. So my father has worked all his life in the media industry as a journalist. And I thought that his career was fascinating, the people he met, the experiences he had. So I always thought, well, I'd love to be a TV producer because that sounded even more exciting. So. <laughs> Um, in my late teens, I knew that's what I was going to do and no, nothing else was an option. So I studied TV production in, uh, in London and um, I, I did a few odd jobs there to uh, fund my study. So I was a waitress in London. So that, that didn't go very uh, well. I wasn't very good. I, they used to call me Dropsy because I used to <laughs> drop trays on people. So, uh, that was my nickname there. I did telemarketing and uh, I didn't make a single sale. Uh, for a year so that didn't go down very well and um, I, I did a few odd jobs I sold popcorn at a cinema 
and I, I, that didn't go well. They didn't, they didn't renew my contract. I, I was on a trial period and I never got the job. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sounding very good at this stage. Um, but I, when I finished my studies, in order to get a job in the TV industry, I worked for free for a few companies, which was great. I got a lot of experience. And I finally got paying jobs. Uh, I was officially an assistant TV producer. So I was moving up the corporate ladder, which was great. That's all I wanted. And when I was 25, I lost my job for the fifth time. So it was the fifth time I was actually made redundant because it was the middle of the financial crisis. All the companies were downsizing. And that was really a turning point. First of all, I realized the myth of careers at that stage. I realized that careers can be a myth. I realized also that um, when, you, when you study something, you're not necessarily entitled to a job. I had that entitlement mentality where I thought, well, I've got a university degree, you know, I'm um, among the 1% of people and things like that. And so I had that entitlement mentality. Well, I got a reality check after that. Yeah. And, um, and so I, when I lost my job for the fifth time, every company was downsizing. So I knew I wasn't going to find another job. So out of desperation, I called my brother who for many years, um, just to give you background information, he's, uh, he's running, he has run, is still running some very successful internet businesses. And he's a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote the book, The Laptop Millionaire. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that book. And uh, for many years, he used to tell me, just forget about what you're doing. Um, have the freedom. You can have the freedom of having an internet business. And I was always reluctant to follow his advice because I thought, well, I studied so hard to be in the television industry. I worked for free to get into that industry. I'm not going to give up now. I'm only 25. I'm not going to give up now. Mm. But I had, not, I had nothing to lose. There was no other option. So I called him, asked for help, which is something that I didn't want to do. And he thought it was the best news he had ever heard. He was so excited for me. He was like, this is the best news I've heard. You've lost your job. Amazing. <laughs> and, and so he said, come to one of my seminars and, um, and just learn what I do. And so I went there reluctantly because still, for me, I, I, I just couldn't picture myself doing that. It wasn't something I was familiar with. It, it wasn't one of my dreams or goals or aspirations. But I went there because I had nothing to lose. I had bills to pay. That's all I had. I had bills to pay. So I went there and I learned a few strategies. And the strategy that appealed to me the most out of all the strategies that were shared was affiliate marketing on Twitter. So affiliate marketing is basically when you sell other people's products for a commission. And um, it appealed to me because I didn't have my own product or website. So I thought it was handy. And um, Twitter was free to join. So I thought, why not? So I, I basically built a few Twitter accounts. I built them up to a few thousand Twitter followers. I had about 100,000 uh, Twitter followers overall. And I started promoting these different products. And within three weeks, I was making $700 a week in commissions. So that was much more than I was earning um, in my television job. And I, I replaced my income like that. And one thing led to another. I created my own products. I had my own home study course. I created a home study course, which I sold for $997 at the time. So I sold about 100 units that year. So that was great. I was on a six-figure income within my first year, which was amazing. And, and one thing led to another. Um, some, some people would um, ask me if I had a done-for-you service. So I, I started 
getting a few clients where I would help them with their Twitter marketing. I was just doing it myself. And then I, I got more and more clients. And so all of a sudden I had to hire someone. So I hired someone uh, part-time, which became full-time. And then that person was overworked and then we had to hire more and it grew like that. And, and people came to us asking for Facebook as well. So Facebook marketing done for you. And then of course, Instagram and LinkedIn and all the social networks. So out of that, uh, we started the company, the social media agency, Social Media Worldwide, which is a, a social media marketing agency. So that's in a nutshell what happened with a lot of ups and downs yes, uh, of in the middle. Of course. And I find that really amazing because you had a con, your brother saying to you, you know, come over to this side, come. And you're like, no, 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 no. And the resistance is like, you know, I'm just going to hang out until it wasn't what you said, desperation, that got you to eventually jump fence and then come to his side. Mm. And I think, yeah, something like that has to happen because um, if you're too comfortable and I was Mm. comfortable at my job, it was security for me. I had my steady paychecks. I was comfortable. So although whatever he was saying sounded great, of course, and I could see it. He had an amazing life and and he still (laughs) has. It sounded amazing, but I was comfortable. And sometimes in order to do something greater, you have to really hit rock bottom and be really, really uncomfortable. And I I hit that stage at that point. Yeah, I I find that amazing. Is So now that you have this company where you help people like actually are done for you, social media, so if it's Facebook, if it's all that kind of stuff, and you started off, you just start, and this is what's beautiful about you, Karina, is that you started off just with what you knew. You didn't go out and build this company. You just started off with, I just want to build some income. That's re- it wasn't like this big business that you've got going now. It's just, what, do I, what can I do really well right now? And then how can I just accelerate that? And that was Twitter, using Twitter, really optimizing that, and then affiliate marketing was what you said. How do you know if, if well, number one, is social media a passion of yours? Absolutely. I couldn't have built the company to the stage it is now if I wasn't personally interested in it. I didn't have passion because with the amount of challenges we've had to overcome every day, it's challenge management. Like my, my task every day is to manage challenges. So if I, I didn't have some sort of passion in that industry, I would have given up because it's, I'm not interested. I can't do that anymore. But because I'm fiercely passionate if there's such a thing I, I love what I do I love learning new things about social media I love testing new things so it keeps me going so that's why I always tell people who have business ideas I tell them don't just go and, and pursue that idea because you've heard it's profitable or you know people who have made considerable considerable amount of money in it because it's not sustainable it's not enough yes you might make money but Really, what drives the company is the leadership behind someone who really believes in what they do and that they really, really enjoy what they do. They have a passion for it. Because then when you start employing staff, they, they have to be passionate as well because it becomes contagious. You can't really motivate someone um, if you're not personally motivated. So yeah. absolutely, 100%. And I remember at the time when I was still thinking of potential niches I could get into before I decided that Twitter was going to be the thing uh, people were telling me oh you know forex trading forex trading is, yeah. is great a lot of people are making money with forex trading and yeah. I, I tried but the thing is <sighs> forex bores me to that trading trading bores me to that I can't I can't do it so it's not sustainable and I'm sure people are making you know great success out of it but you have to have some sort of passion some sort of interest yeah. especially with social media where 
things change all the time. So every day there's something new. So either a new feature appears or a new feature uh, or a feature gets, you know, deleted. And so you, you have to have some sort of passion because you need to learn about them um, and, and talk about them. So if you don't have some sort of passion, it will, uh, it will quickly fade. And the way you found your passion in terms of the social, I mean, who knew social media would be a, could be something like a passion. You basically immersed yourself in a seminar in an environment where different ideas were shared and you just said, you know, that one resonates with me amongst everything else. And that's how you pretty much pinpointed yours. Is that correct? It, it's, a, it's exactly that. It, it sounded easy and interesting. So I, I went for the easy path. I, I had to make money fast. I mean, that's how bad it was. I had to make money fast. My unemployment benefits, just to give you an idea, <laughs> 400 euros a month. My rent was 700 euros a month. So I was, I was in the red already. So it was make money fast. I need to find something that sounds easy for me. So it wasn't at that time because I wasn't familiar with it. I, I can't say I, I had an interest in it, but it sounded easy. And then when I started exploring the network, the, the platform, um, I became more and more interested about what it could do and the potential of it. So I kept on studying and studying and learning and testing things. And that's when I realized looking back at the the time, I didn't think that I I was passionate about it. It didn't feel that way. But looking back, if I wasn't passionate about it, I wouldn't have followed through. Mm. And what I find really beautiful, Karina, is you studied TV production and you hung out there to just, but you, in a way you're producing, but it's just not the medium of television. Absolutely. And, and I, I learned skills that, I, I still use right now. I learned so many skills. I learned time management because you always have very tight deadlines. I learned how to budget and cost because you always work with really, really tight budgets. I learned um, team building and team management, which mm. us now when we hire staff and manage, manage staff, it's so important because I learned how to um, how to build a team and manage a team. So all these skills. I learned marketing, of course, because I was producing TV commercials. Uh, uh, I learned video production and video now is so big on, on social media. So I learned post-production and editing. So it's skills that I still use every day. And I think that the reason why I was able to really hit the ground running with this company is because I had skills uh, and a, a lot of skills that some people didn't necessarily have. So I think that it was, it was a great contribution to what I've done right now working mm-hmm. in and, and that's why I think you've just optimized the skill set. You didn't go and learn anything new. You just looked at what do I have and how do I optimize, which is a smart move when you're looking to build income, which you were desperately on the side. If someone came to you, Karina, and said, you know what, Karina, you've got an executive producer role on a TV station. Would you, <laughs> would you go for that? Or would you just go, look, oh, I'm in control right now. I, I'm doing what I love. What would resonate with you the most? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I never really thought about it because I'm, I'm so consumed by what I do every day. Um, and, and I love what I do. And I have a huge responsibility because we have about 12 members of staff. So I, I kind of have a big responsibility there. But I, I think if I had the time, I would definitely do it. But I think I would do it pro bono because um, it's, you know, it's been so many years now. Probably, um, probably my skills now in TV would be obsolete. Things have changed. I would probably do it pro bono because it is an exciting job. It is. And I would do it if I had time. I just don't have time. I don't have the time for it. But I would, def- I would definitely do it because it, it is still a very exciting career, no doubt. And, um, and I would definitely enjoy it if I had time. Yeah. Any regrets with your current business? I, 
I have a few. I always do because I've made tons of mistakes. I've made more mistakes than, you know, yes. things. And that's a good entrepreneur. Like that's a good entrepreneur. <laughs> Anyone will attest to that. Anyone would. Uh, well, I've got, I've got two main ones. The first one is I, I used to operate out of fear. So I, I used to make decisions out of fear. Mm. Because I wasn't used to having success, I always was reluctant to hire people because I thought, well, what if work dries up? I just couldn't handle having to get rid of people. I've been on the other side. Yeah. I've, I've been made redundant. So I couldn't handle it if I had to do it. So I always delayed hiring people, which was a big mistake because we could have grown so much faster if I just didn't operate, operate from a place of fear. Um, just being scared that this was just a fluke that it wasn't going to last. So that's what one of my biggest regrets is, is not really growing fast enough. And, um, and also chasing opportunities out of greed. It's something that I've learned not to do. Um, chasing opportunities that didn't feel right, but because I didn't want to miss out, out of, out of the fear of missing out, I jumped on these opportunities and they ended up costing me a lot of time and a lot of money and above all, a lot of heartache. So operating from a place of fear was definitely one of my biggest uh, uh, regrets. And um, yeah, greed. Great. Yeah, that's so honest of you. Thank you, Karina. That's really real and raw of you to just open that up because I find that, you know, it's interesting because you were fearful back in the day when you went to that first seminar to learn about how to do it, but you just had no back door. Like you couldn't, there was no second base. There was no other way alternative, but now because you're building a business and you you could, you could have gotten, you were comfortable. And I think that the lesson here and what I'm seeing in all my panelists on this summit is that, you got to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable, like consistently. Absolutely. And the, the people who've inspired me the most, who've had the, the greatest careers, or at least careers that I, I'm inspired by, mm -hmm. have started from really rock bottom. And it's from being at rock bottom that enabled them to become who they are today. So I know at the time when I lost my job for the fifth time, not only was it inconvenient, it was hugely embarrassing. And um, I didn't want to be the black sheep of the family. My, my sister's career was, was great. My brother's career was great. And here I was, you know, 25, being made redundant for the fifth time. I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. my, my self-worth was very, very low at the time. But looking back, it was the best thing that ever happened. And, and sometimes we don't see it. And it's impossible to see it when you're, experience, when you're experiencing it. All you can think of is why me and, uh, you know, God must hate me. And, and that was the inner conversation I was having. It's like, why me and God, God must really hate me and I must have really bad karma. That's what I was thinking at the time when I was experiencing that. Oh, wow. And looking back, of course, it was the, the biggest blessing. Yeah. Mm, yeah, and that's, see, and I think that's the spirit, whether you're looking to, because I always say this, sometimes business starts, sounds like a big hairy thing that is just too big. And it, for you, it was just, I need to just get some income running in. I just need some income. And as you were getting comfortable with generating that income, replaced your full-time income, it's like, well, let me explore this further. And I love that because you just started from where you were. You didn't try and create this big kahuna. It was just baby steps. And you just, you know, like a domino effect. You just went through it. What would you tell someone who is in a position, Karina, where they've got a passion, but they're, treading water as to whether to go for it full swing or not did you get support as in did you get coaching did you get mentoring did you anything to help you ease the journey and just you know make quicker movements 
all the time, all the time. And I still do today. I, I, I bounce ideas off my husband, who's just a legend. He's a legend entrepreneur. And my brother's, well, he's a legend. So I'm very lucky because I'm marinated in that environment. My brother's <laughs> awesome. My husband is amazing. So I'm very lucky in that sense. I definitely always seek mentorship, even if I don't necessarily pay someone for mentoring. I just hang out in that environment where I ask people inspire me i'll ask them for tips and things like that all the time you can grow if you don't um surround yourself with people who inspire you who have reached goals that you want to reach you just can't grow at some point i would have just stagnated yeah so yeah, all the time all the time and it, it doesn't have to be a paying relationship where you hire a mentor although it's great you can do that but it's also who you surround yourself uh, with and so definitely all the time all the so time. important do you find that um your relationship with money has changed now? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I used to definitely operate out of place of fear and not enough, you know, um, of course. And I would do things. It was my main priorities. I have to pay the bill. So it was always my main priority. My, making money was always my main priority. Now my priorities have changed because I'm, I'm comfortable. So it's not my number one priority. Now it's more about helping people. Uh, it's more about adding more value. So I operate from that sort of space because I'm, I'm I'm comfortable but if my circumstances changed of course you know my relationship with money would change because my priorities would be different but at this stage because we're quite comfortable um yeah it's definitely definitely changed yeah and then that's interesting because what would you say then would be the litmus test for you to know whether because you went to a seminar and you had many ideas presented and you said I'm going to go with that what is the litmus test to know if your idea is going to fly or not? To know that if, okay, say I'm interested in, I don't know, book writing or something like that. How would you suggest to someone that, you know, maybe you should check these things out before you go ahead with the idea? I tell people to do three things. And the first thing I ask them when they come up with an idea is, well, is your idea based on personal experience? Because that's very important. Is it something that you've seen that frustrates you, something that you want to improve? Because a, a good entrepreneur is not someone who's got an idea. It's someone who solves problems. The greatest entrepreneurs have solved problems. So I always ask them, well, is it based on personal experience? Because I find that when it's based on personal experience, it's a good sign. Because if you experience some sort of frustration that you want to solve or, or you want to help improve and it's a good sign it means other people are experiencing the same and it was the same with me with with twitter when i first started using twitter it was great i was getting the results but extremely time consuming if you want to do it well it's extremely time consuming so with the agency doing it for people i knew that i was solving a problem a problem with time where People wanted to experience results on social media, but just didn't have the time. So it was definitely based on my personal experience. The second thing I ask people is, well, you have some sort of interest in that. Or passion might be a big word because a lot of people are not passionate about what they do. But you have to have at least some sort of interest or curiosity in order to follow through. Because when you run a business, there's going to be so many opportunities for you to just give up because that's, that's what it is. Every day, it's just another opportunity for you to say, okay, I quit, right? Every single day, because every single day is a challenge, you know? So, um, so you have to have some sort of interest, passion if possible, but I know that it can be a big word. So at least some interest. And the third thing I ask people is, well, is it in a healthy market? Is it in a market where people spend money? Because you can have a great idea based on personal experience uh, where you are passionate and you have an interest in, but 
it's it's not in a market where people spend money. It's uh, you know people come to me and they have great solutions for students, and that that would be who they would help. But and I remember when I was a student, the main priority for a student is to get things for free or the cheapest as possible. So you're going to really struggle to mm. sell something to students. Um, yeah. So is it in a healthy market? Is definitely the third question. Is it in a market where people are used to spending money? And that's extremely, extremely important. Important. And if you want to make money, if you want to grow a business, you need to sell and you need to sell a lot and you need to sell to people who, who are used to being sold to and who love being sold to and who love buying. And, and yeah. that's the key. Yeah. yeah. And that's really key. And because I've just interviewed someone who's uh, um, Michelle Sism, who sold a $9 million company. And what happened was when she came into the online space, she realized the sales and the marketing was completely different to what she'd been used to in the offline space. So she had to re-educate herself. And so when you just said right now, you need to be able to learn how to sell and do it really well, that's a level of skill. Just like when you go and do television production, you had to learn what's the degree about, what do you have to study, what are the ins and outs of it. And that's just like another skill which you need to do. But now it's about being independent to do it for yourself. I mean, you're still selling. When you went to an interview, you're still selling yourself. It's just now you've got your own product. Absolutely. And selling is the number one skill you need to be comfortable. A business doesn't start without making a sale. People they start a business, they start creating logos and business cards and websites. But you yeah. don't have a business until you have a customer. So the first thing you must do is you need to sell and you need to be comfortable with selling. And when you believe in your product, it's not really selling. It's just transferring enthusiasm. That's what I tell people because some people would rather get hit by a bus than sell, right? And I tell them, well, it's because probably the product you have, um, you don't believe in it. Yeah. And, and um, when you're very enthusiastic about something and you believe in it, it doesn't feel like selling. It's just you transferring your enthusiasm. And that's really what selling is. Yeah. So to the people who are reluctant to sell anything, I always tell them, well, do you believe in the product you're selling? Because that could be, that could be the problem because it's not really selling the issue because we sell every day. We sell ourselves. It's, uh, you know, whether we go for a job interview or whatever, like we sell ourselves every yeah. day. So it's never selling the issue. It's usually the product. I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, currently in your business, Karina, what do you guys do specifically? So if someone's listening right now and they're like, social media, I don't hate it. I don't want to do it. What do you guys do when you step in? When we step in, we're a social media marketing agency. So we help businesses with their social media. We basically take over their social media marketing for them. And I started the business because I saw, I saw the big need. I saw that people were interested in social media. They wanted to leverage social media. They could see the potential of it. But they either didn't have the time or the skill. They didn't have both. They didn't have the time and the skill. Mm. And... Um, some some people didn't even have the budget to hire someone in-house, which is really the ultimate. You want to have someone in-house, but I know that that's not possible for most small businesses. So we basically handle the social media marketing of small businesses who can't afford to have someone full-time in-house, so they outsource to us. And how it happens is, well, we first start by sending out a questionnaire and they fill out the questionnaire. So the questionnaire is more information about who they are, about what they want to achieve on social media. We look at who their competitors are, what their competitors are doing on social media. We look at their goals, their key performance indicators. And then we put together a strategic plan, which we hand over to the business owner. So until then, we haven't touched the social media. We just put together a strategic plan. When they approve it, we just hit the ground running and we execute the strategy. And then we fine tune as we go along. We track and fine tune because 
once you put something out there, then your job as a marketer is just to track and optimize, track and optimize. So after a few months, that's what we do, we track and optimize. That's in a nutshell what do we do. That's I love it. I love it. And today you've been so generous as you're giving our, our viewers a gift on how to put together their own social media marketing plan. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes. So for people who might not be at the stage where they can hand over the social media to someone else, I've put together a 45-minute video training step-by-step how you can put your own social media strategic plan. So how to decide on goals, how to monitor competition so that uh, it shapes your social media marketing strategy because a lot of... a lot of someone's social media marketing strategy is based on what competitors are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to um, how to explore your target audience, see what they're after, see what they want, so that it really shapes your strategic plan. So it's a, a forty-five minute step-by-step training on how you can put your own social media strategic plan, which I think I it's um, is what people should start with before they even do anything, before they even choose the social network they want to be on. They should put together a strategic plan because a strategic plan will basically dictate to you which social media, um, social media platform is the best for you to join. I love that. I love that. And guys, that's available for you on this page. Uh, or if it's in the email that you've received and on this page, that's Karina's gift. I think that's brilliant how to put together your own strategic social media plan. And I especially love it because... Oh my goodness, there are so many platforms, Karina. I mean, you, you know that. Um, but you just need to put it away, go first. And I love the fact that do this first before you go and decide that. And then you can just optimize your time, which is... Yes, because a mistake people make is they just jump on any social network. They just open accounts because it's just... It's there. One fatter after the other. Oh, someone talked about Snapchat. Here I am with a Snapchat yep. account. Yep. And, um, and sometimes it, it won't serve you. It won't serve you. If anything, it will make you waste time because your target audience is not on that social network or you don't know how to use that social network so it's just going to be a billboard in the middle of the desert that's what the social network will be for you so i always tell people less is more i'd rather someone was on one social network but well and achieve the goals mm. rather than on five and um, they were plugging along not really knowing what they were doing yeah. And, and you know, going through overwhelm, just yeah. overwhelm, like constant. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what I'm doing here. Well, Karina, I want to just say thank you so much for sharing your journey. I think it's just wonderful to know that, you know, even though at that one time the journey of becoming redundant was embarrassing, but today it's become a stepping stone for someone else to learn from that and you being an inspiration for them to think, you know, maybe there is an opportunity for me that if someone else has that same journey that maybe I too. So thank you for sharing that and being open with us and giving us the insight into how you got your passion and we're able to monetize it. So Karina, thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks so much for having me. Thank you guys. We're going to wrap up and I want to thank you so much for viewing our, the interview today. Our next one will be out to you tomorrow. Until then, have a beautiful day and monetize your passion. Catch you soon.